Welcome to episode 4 of Breaking the Dice. On this week's episode, we discuss International Tabletop Day, Arkham Horror the Card Game, Paul's love of all games questionable, and board game burnout. Hey gamers, it's Michelle with Breaking the Dice, and I am here with Jay. What's up? And Paul. Hi everybody. And this week, if we sound a little different, it's because we're actually all in the same room. So bear with us. Crazy talk. <laughs> it's just getting wild. Um, this week, uh, we've obviously uh, had a little bit of le- delay in scheduling because one of us got married. So that kind of hindered the podcasting. So congratulations, Jay. Yeah, it's not all it's cracked up to <laughs> <laughs> Six out of ten would not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does she, she is, does she listen to this? No, no, yes. it's fine. Okay, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I got some other spouses listen to this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're so, good. So we have cut uh, since last time we've been on. Uh, we had International Tabletop Day, so we will start there. We worked with Village Geek, uh, helping them uh, do Tabletop Day, and we did teaching co-ops. We taught worker placements, and then we even taught worker placement co-ops. One of the games we played that I was really excited about was I'm going to mess up the name Russian Bash, which is oh, yeah. like Mario Kart the board game. Um, very much, it's more cartoony style racing game pretty quick fast um kind of a kind of a it's not not just a straightforward race so much as you're trying to throw things out there and, and slow the other people down yeah you know? yeah so so has that mario kart vibe there yeah. trying to build up your special power and yep. and which I really liked that. There's a star system where you build up, and then for each level, you can spend stars to do some special power. Um, mine was stupid, because everybody else got to like move eight spaces ahead, yeah. and mine was like, just blow a bunch of things up. But um, I really liked that, but I am a sucker for special powers. Like, if I can yeah. have... I love special yeah. powers. Yeah, some character differentiation, I think, is always, always good. There's few games that don't benefit from... Everyone getting their own special character. Yeah, so that was one I had a lot of fun with. And I had fun teaching it to some people. And um, we did just kind of the basic rules. So I'm excited to delve into that a little bit more. We also have the expansion. So I'm excited to delve a little bit more into it and make it a little bit heavier. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it, It did seem a little bit flat without... Without something a little bit extra, so I'm glad that there is some, yeah. you know, an expansion, some extra, some extra things to play with there because I think it can really benefit from that. And there's but more. I mean, there's more tracks and different things you can kind of build. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think both times we've played it, it's just been with the initial rule track. And yeah, like it. easy level essentially. And so there's there's a lot of different things that you can kind of add in and changes you can make. Mm-hmm. There's some energy capabilities that it adds in and. So, I mean, it's got a lot of different things it can do mm-hmm. that would be, or should be interesting. We did a round of Pandemic Cthulhu. Oh, yeah, we lost that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't know what's, I don't know what's been going on with that game. Um, the last three games that I've played were pretty, uh, you know, pretty clear losses. It was a pretty, pretty brutal yeah. play. Um, we were having such a good run with that game, yeah, too. We were, we were doing so well. <laughs> like, like, first game, I think we... I don't remember winning, but you know it was one of those things where yeah. you you thought had this played out just a little bit differently, it would have been fine. Um, but like those last three games were were serious losses, and it's just oh. a it was a situation where you you could have put uh, put some different plays in there, maybe some better draws, but you needed three or four things to go your way to make yeah those, we were missing those losses on, missing wins. on all so, cylinders. So it was pretty brutal. Um, at the same time, I'm playing with some new players that aren't familiar with. Co-ops alone, let alone you know something like Pandemic or mm-hmm. Pandemic Cthulhu. So at the same time, trying to kind of sell the the game and the genre mm-hmm. uh, while it's while it's kind of beating us mercilessly. So I think one of the things I I think my favorite moment at board at Tabletop Day is when we had Jay was teaching Forbidden Desert, Desert and then we were doing Forbidden Island, and we had like two huge tables all playing. It was like all new players just came to try it out and I was like we probably hooked like eight people that day on co-ops and I just like oh my people like join me I mean if if, if forbidden if forbidden island can't get you into a co-op then you have no joy in your life that's (laughs) 
That's really that's really what it is. The game is just yeah. so so simple and and perfect and good. And it's a co-op <laughs> that's that's you know attainable. You can get through. Oh yeah. You can get through that game and, and potentially win. Or you well, know, if you lost, you came close. Between those two games, we had every age range imaginable. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the youngest. Yeah. The so I side. had in, in Forbidden Desert. I think I had a five or six year old. I mean, yeah. she was she was really young. And it was really interesting because, you know, we were throwing out all the things she can do during the game. Her, her options, kind of what she wanted to do, let her kind of pick her, yeah. her option that she would go with. And so we're going through this and doing this, and they, the, the group ended up losing. I was, I was abstaining from the game and just kind of helping, helping them along because we had a full group without me. And she's going through, and they, they lost pretty close to the end. They had, I think, all the items... They just ran out of sand in, like, the last round. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she's breaking down crying after the game oh, because they no. lost. Oh, and, no. I mean, she cried for a few minutes after the game. Oh, no. Because they lost the game. Oh, that's great. sad. But, I mean, that puts... I mean, we've all had that moment in yeah. a co-op game where it's, like, so close. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I brought one to tears except for that one time in Pandemic Legacy, but... Oh, yeah. That's all of them brought me to tears and... You know, Mansions of Madness once. Oh yeah, there was that. There was that. A, a little, a little digression here, but I think while we're talking about um, that kind of experience with co-ops, I feel like I feel like we have to give we have to give Arkham Horror the card game a little bit of oh, a little bit yeah. of time. That's uh, that's def- that was definitely an experience <laughs> in the world of co-op. Man. Um, it's it's so it, I, I have I have such mixed feelings. I felt like it, I know? went to the doctor's office and I need a sucker afterwards and a little <laughs> yeah. comfort. Like someone's yeah. gonna give me a hug. Like that was a shot with the big. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, teddy bear to oh down. man, that so Arkham Horror is it's Arkham Horror the card game yeah. uh, and um, it's a two player card game and we Paul and I played through just the base. Um, there's some expansions out. And depending on how I recover from the wounds, we may or may not get some expansions for it. Um, but we just finished out the card game. And I know some of you who are listening have not played and have yelled at me for finishing it without you. And so we won't give any any spoilers or anything. But man, that co-op is probably the hardest I've dealt with. And I, I mean, I've played Ghost Stories. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think Ghost Stories was definitely harder. I think playing that, we recognized kind of at the end where things went off the rails a little bit. There were some decisions made. In, you know, it's a, it's a three-part yeah. three uh, campaign yeah. story. Uh, we recognized that there were certain things that didn't go our way in the first one. And the first one we did relatively well. Yeah, I felt uh, good about first game. You know, except that in all three of them, I died. Yes, uh, like, <laughs> every I'm, time Paul died. My, uh-huh. my char- in, in, and twice my character died and went insane at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, but then that was I was playing the um, the kind of detective character, so m- my role was to get in the middle of it a little bit more, or at least I thought that's kind of but what my role was supposed to be. looking back now, I don't know if we did that uh, right. You know, you know, it was... I, I have such strange feelings about the game because I really did enjoy playing it. Yeah, um, Super fun. You know, it, it has kind of this. The, the setup is kind of. It, it's really not very clean. It's not not terribly organized. That was if something. If you played Legendary, you know yeah. what that setup feels like. That was something I talked to Jay about. It. Like if I got into that game and really wanted to get into it more and look at, it, I would almost binder in folders, like binder and do card right. holders for that. Yeah. And, it, and like you could have, flip. have all of the the different um, the different. You know, enemy categories already yeah, pre-sorted. Because that would make things so much quicker. Yeah, separate out the because basically the way we were keeping it was you have this deck of cards that constitutes pretty much the whole game. We had our through. characters separate because you develop your character if you're playing campaign style, but the big deck of the scenarios and this basically it's just got three scenarios. The whole, thing. You know, the whole thing's in there, and so every time you go to set up, you're flipping through all of the cards trying to. Put them out there, and then especially when you start dealing with certain cards, they have um, they reveal information on the back. So you're trying to flip through all of these to find the right ones, and also not look at the content that you're not supposed to see yet, so you don't get don't get yeah. any spoilers. It was uh, it was a little bit challenging, but the way the game played, I thought was was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's the skill skill test. You have 
this is your difficulty, this is mm -hmm. where you start. You have these tokens that you're going to draw to add some randomness, so you might get a plus or a minus or even some other strange or, thing happening. Yeah. Um, but... I think my only feedback with the game is one, like it did feel like it steamrolled. Like yeah. first game we felt pretty good. Second game was like, well, we could have done yeah. better, but overall didn't look too bad. And third game it was like, we shouldn't have even showed up. We were done yeah. from so, basically the first or second round. The first game was definitely kind of a medium, yeah, a medium end. Like we, and, and that's I got to give it a lot of credit because what you do in each scenario it really does kind of matter like yes. how how much progress you made it's not about here's your goal get to the goal you win that's not no. at all what it is no. it's it's a you have a goal and if you can get there that would be amazing but you're probably going to get sort of there or you're going to get some things accomplished or even i think in the first scenario they don't even really <laughs> particularly well define what no. you're trying you're no. very confused about and that's great because yeah, the, yeah. it's it's thematic that way but you get to a point where, you know, you're not realizing that some of the decisions that you're making, some of the some of the direction that you're going, is going to have impacts down the road. Uh, so, so that last that last scenario, we we just we got run over and beat mm -hmm. up. You know, the second oh. one, we didn't do great, but looking at the the possible outcomes, I think we did okay. I think it was. We have very different feelings about it, the it, it was it was a rough ride, but I think I think we came out of there with kind of a medium. The whole world died. Outcome. But that was that was like I'm talking like the second scenario. Oh, okay. The, the third, and, you know, without spoilers, technically the whole world didn't die. It was bad. It was very bad. The world itself was okay. The world itself will will, will carry on. There's parts of the world that people just don't go to anymore. <laughs> So I think yeah. my only I think my only downside for that game, and the reason why I'm I'm kind of hesitant to dig into it more, is I wanted for lack of a better way of putting it more deck manipulation. Well, yes, yes you could upgrade some of your cards and you could get you know allies and things. The ratio of these better cards or these more found cards, like I had an ally that you can only pick up in the first mm -hmm. um, the first plot line. Yeah. I never got to play her. She never yeah. came out. And your, your character also had their uh, their special gear, yeah. which every character has a special card that's just for them alone. Um, and mine, I don't think I ever pulled mine either. I never pulled mine, yeah. But mine, mine, mine was a gun that was better than other guns. Yeah. So, you know, it would have been nice to get it, but I don't really care. Yours, you kept getting situations that would come up where mm -hmm. if you had that special item, it would have done you some, some decent benefit. Those the situations came up a lot. You never had that item. Yeah, I never. Once pulled it. No, I never once pulled it. So, so it's not like you know, for a deck, a deck builder. It's not really a deck builder. It's kind of a. It is. And there's a deck building yeah. component to it, but it's very light. Uh, but I'm used to deck builders where you run through your whole deck and then you shuffle your discards and you run through yes. it again. And you may do that three or four times through a game. This game, you get through a quarter of your deck and that was a long game. Or we did. Maybe we're not good at the game. That's a possibility. <laughs> you know, but there's, there's, a, there's a timer built in. And yes. You're not necessarily drawing a lot of cards. You no. Certainly, you can use actions to draw cards, so we could have drawn it out more and we really didn't. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a thing. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted. I just wanted it. Like even when you're upgrading the cards, I didn't feel like they were that big of an upgrade. Yeah. I didn't feel like it was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna hold off because if in the next round I can mm -hmm. get this amazing ally, or this amazing weapon, or this mm -hmm. amazing thing to help sure. me search. I mean, some of them were like, oh, that's a little bit better, I guess. Yeah. And so I just wanted, I guess, more more control over the deck yeah. instead of it. Really felt like. The whole game, to me anyway, it felt like the whole game, it was the base deck that I started with, mm -hmm. and once in a blue moon, I'll pull something that sure. might be a little bit different. Um, what's, yeah. So that, that well, I think you know, that would you, be my buy, only thing. You, you go through and you buy a, a special a special item when you're doing your upgrades yeah. between between rounds. You get your, get your special item, get your special upgrade. Uh, and that's to deal with, you're starting to learn the situations you're getting into. You're going to get better at this one thing yeah. so that you don't run into the bad bad experiences that you run Which into. Which we really geared our characters separately because of that. Yeah. Like, we, we geared we you to well be a tank, mm -hmm. and we geared me to be able to get clues and run. Yeah. And so then that, that you know, that last game, uh, so it, it, it went so poorly at the end that I don't think anything would have mattered. But, you know, I had specifically 
upgraded some cards so that I could so that I could handle sanity loss a little bit better. And yeah. and then of course I didn't pull any of them, so it sort of felt like why, why? did I, why did I go through the the effort of thinking out a strategy and working mm-hmm. working that out when all I really did was you know replace one card in my deck that never showed up. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I definitely loved the game. Like, I'm not going to say that I didn't enjoy the game. I loved it. It was a lot of fun to play. It definitely was. It is an emotional, like, it felt like a gut punch when we got about, like, three three quarters of the way through that last one, and then we just knew there was no way to pull this out and win. Like, and I appreciate any game that I feel like has punched me in the face a little bit. You know, Um, we we got to that last round, and it was, we, and and I'm, I'm trying to work this out. I'm like, okay. I, I'm a goner, but I can just I can be a distraction while I'm dying. And then if you can just get like these three perfect rolls, uh, we yep. we have a chance to advance the advance the uh, the agenda. Mm-hmm. It's just the good the good the thing good, to the advance. Good, the good stuff. We had a chance to advance the agenda. It, it, just looking at that, like that wasn't even to finish. That was just to advance to the next yeah. the next stage of things. And then um, when so we got we there, it was it there. was toast. So, yeah. but yeah, Arkham Arkham Horror the Card Game it is a really good game. Um, I would just know what you're getting into. Know that yeah. it isn't so much. I almost I thought there was going to be more deck building, and mm-hmm. once again, we could be bad at the game. That's a possibility. But it, I yeah. I just feel like know that it's not going to be so much heavy on the deck building and deck manipulation as it is problem solving. And yeah. using what you have. Being economical with your yeah. actions. It's really hard to point out exactly what we did wrong because things went so badly. Yeah, there's a lot. There's and a lot. There were definitely small <laughs> things, but There was a lot that know, went wrong. I have I have difficulty with this game because it's it's a co op and I feel like I know the score with a co op. I know what to do. Uh-huh. So normally with a co op, I'll play it and the first time I expect to lose mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that. You know, I want to lose, I get to see the mechanism of the game, and then I can attack it again fresh. But because there's this storytelling element to this game, it doesn't feel feel appropriate to go back and, and replay that scenario. And we certainly could, but I kind of don't want to. No, I don't I don't think I now I would play it with other people. Um I would there's probably that, do that. Yeah. But I don't know that I would like you and I sit down and play it again. I just, yeah, I just don't. I feel like if we want to play it again, we'll go grab one of the expansions and go off mm-hmm. on one of the offshoots. So yeah, it's sort of a you you know you don't reread a choose your own adventure book exactly. once you figured out which which is the best ending. Yeah, um, exactly. Because then it's just what's the point? You lose you lose the thread there a little bit. Yeah. So in any other co op, I would say great. Now we understand it. We can pick it up and play it right. Yeah. Um, this time it's like well we didn't really understand it we we got a, a less than stellar end it was pretty pretty bad world ending well it was the worst ending I yeah it was, it, I was believe, the worst I it was the worst it possible was the ending. worst ending uh-huh. uh, so so then we we really can't uh you know we really can't replay that and get you know now we know now we know these things so yeah. so we would focus really heavily on the things that would matter later and I don't think you really should know what matters no. later. No, I'm with you. We played uh, Shadows Over Camelot, a worker placement co-op game, because we yep. had two yep. sessions broken out. One was a worker placement, uh, learn to play worker placements. One was learn to play co-ops. And we're like, well, we have a co-op worker placement game. Uh, Shadows Over Camelot is a great game, and a lot of people kind of call it the, the grandfather of co-ops. Um, it's, you know, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table um, has... Could, you can throw in a trader in there. Um, it really depends on the group if you yeah. want to or not. Um, but the likelihood of a trader is pretty low normally. Mm-hmm. And it's all about going out on those epic quests. You're going to go get the Grail. You're going to defeat the Black Knight. You're going to defeat, you know, you know, back the Huns off of the, you know, bank that's they're coming in on. And yeah. um, really good co-op game. But yeah, it has worker placement mechanism. And... It was a lot of fun. Played it with a couple people that we had just met and wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. Had a blast with them, and they were cracking up. Uh, there was one point where you know, wasn't. It was pretty obvious the whole game that none of us were a traitor, but um, it came down to basically the like win lose move of the of the game. And the lady in front of me had the power to look at the top three cards and put them back in any order. And I was the turn right after her. And the card I drew was just 
awful. It was <laughs> terrible. And so, of course, I'm like, this lady's a traitor. Like, she's been the traitor the whole time, and this has been what's going on. And no, no, they were just all awful, and she picked the yeah. less awful of them all. But Shadows Over Camelot is a great co-op game. Um, it's a heavier game. It is a, I mean, it's a gamer's game. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't put this as a family weight or anything like that. Definitely, yeah. Um, but if you, lo- if you like worker placements and are not quite sure about co-ops, I would definitely check out this game. And I think, I mean, we played it a long time ago, and we just got to play it a couple weekends ago, and I think it still holds, mm-hmm. especially with some of the beasts that there are out there in the co-op world now, I think it still totally holds its ground. Yeah, one of the things that I, I really, one of the mechanisms in that game that I really love, and I don't think there's too many other games that really work well for that, is with Shadows Over Camelot, it's designed in a way where you can add a player halfway through or mm-hmm. drop a player halfway yeah. through, and the game works fine. You just stick them in the rotation somewhere, and they get their turn. It doesn't change the balance at all because every every turn, evil advances. So the more players just means evil advances every time there's a turn, and it doesn't really care whose turn it is. Yeah. Uh, it's really it's really nice that way. You know, We didn't really have a whole lot of that happening, but for a game that goes up to eight players, yeah. I believe. And it's, it's a lengthy really nice. game, especially when you get yeah. up in those higher player counts. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I mean, it, it it is it is a fun game. I, I I really like the kind of the 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 way it plays, the options that you get, especially like late in that game. We we got to the point where I think we we felt like the best path to victory was we had all the white swords we needed. We just needed to fill up the table, and so so the the path we were kind of hoping for at that point was just to get enough black swords to fill up the table because that yeah. there's no way that that was going to yeah lose us the game. Play there was the water deep, but yeah. we've yeah. talked about that a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. such a good game. It's Every such time a you great get played, entry level good game. Worker placement that we talk about it a lot. Yes, I know. He has played a lot because it's a good entry level pandemic and it's a Waterdeep podcast. We're gonna start believing that we really don't play (laughs) a lot of variety of games. We gotta we gotta get some new games in. You know, maybe maybe Gen Con will just play anything that's not (laughs) just whatever not familiar. The other thing from Tabletop Day that I wanted to brag about a little bit was I ran a smash up tournament. We'll, we'll we'll use tournament loosely. Uh, yeah. You know, it's unfortunately when you're doing something like that, you you have to have some some ex- expectation that you're going to have a relatively low turnout. Uh, so the the head count Especially in the end was in three. McPherson count. Yeah, McF- McPherson, Kansas. Yeah. I, you know, I, I hoped that there would be some more people involved. At one point, the the players were telling me that I should just get in on it to add <laughs> another another person to it, but it's not not something I was comfortable doing. Um, you know, but it, it was it was kind of an interesting an interesting thing to approach because the the way Smash Up works, it feels like it's it's really well designed for a tournament, and so I had a lot of I had a lot of interesting ideas on how to how to play that tournament, and you know, with three people, what it ended up being is that um, everyone played everyone, and whoever had the you know, so it was it was duels, but each player played each other player yeah. once, and then we we calculated up the the total point count at mm-hmm. the end to determine the winner. Um, so we had we had somebody that somebody that had won, and it was it was really close. In fact, uh, so there were there were three games. Two of those games ended up with the same end score. Wow! And it was just one point off. The the way I did it and. Uh, if, if you're running a smash-up tournament, it is absolutely necessary that you find a way to put a put a time limit on these games because one of those games lasted longer than the other two games combined. So that was something that I didn't anticipate. Uh, but what I did was it's, it's a one-on-one game, and there are... I used five bases. So three bases are out in play. You have to have some bases in play because otherwise you don't have... The characters that have mobility are at a disadvantage, and I didn't want to do that. So three bases out, the base deck was basically five five bases. So so you put the three out, there's two more sitting there, and as they scored bases, they would add new ones. Um, found a found a, found a couple of interesting problems with that. Um, you know, I, I had already anticipated what happens if you get to rifle through the base deck. 
uh, there was a, there was a, I figured out how I was going to handle that and basically just pull in the bases that hadn't been used yet and uh-huh. get to rifle through that. Uh, but there was also the, I believe it's with the the princesses. There's the ice castle, uh-huh. and that's a base that uh, you cannot play minions on. Oh. So of course, the only way to score that base would be then to move minions there until the base scores. And in that game, it ended up being the last base, and no one no one had a play that would work on it. So uh, so we had to just call the game th- call the yeah. game there with the points that were available. But, uh, but that worked out pretty well. Again, I, good. L- shorter shorter time frames would have been would have been better. I had originally envisioned it as a kind of double elimination tournament, but with with three people that doesn't work at all, and with you know even with four people, I think mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have been. It would have been okay because the the timing would have worked out, I guess. Yeah. It's not very many games, but the way things worked out as it is, we only had time for three games. And that was, you know, for a three-hour stretch. I expected to get a few more in. So in the future, I might do uh, more more limited yeah. Limited number of bases. Almost do to like a magic tournament situation too. You can always set a time limit on, and then once mm-hmm. they get to that time limit, like you get three plays after that. Yeah, and I, I worry about. People that might manipulate that, but again, that might be taking it too seriously. It's, that might be a little. A, a smash up tournament is going to be a, a super casual tournament. Yeah. Um, the winning combination, and and so what m- the plan will be that uh, if I run another tournament, which I think is something I'd like to do at some point in my life, but we'll see how things play out. But um, if I run another tournament, the winning combination is going to is going to be immediately removed from the possible choices. Uh, to just kind of rule out any, yeah. any deck advantage that, that that creates. But the winning combination this time was a combination of sharks and teddy bears. <laughs> teddy bear sharks. So an interesting combo. Yeah. The, the player that won uh, was not familiar with the game at all, so kind of just picked two things that, that looked good together. And it turned out that that combination ended up being being pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, so I, mean, I, I need to... The teddy bears, I hadn't... You know, I haven't had yeah, much I mean, chance to play with them. They're from the new set. The new, yeah. But you know, with sharks and their their mobility and, and being able to being able to also eliminate other mm-hmm. other minions made that pretty pretty powerful. Oh, and the the teddy bears are all about uh, all about friendship and <laughs> working together. So Aww. so it made it really easy to, for that player to get out get out some minions and then once once you're getting once you're getting more minions than your opponent and and killing their minions that's yeah that's pretty well game over but that was the that you know he that was a game that took exceptionally long but you know it was a really fun experience uh hopefully if you're listening to this uh you know next time uh the timing didn't work out great but next time hopefully we'll have more more warning and we'll We'll you know throw out an invite to all of our listeners that if you want to if you yeah. want to get in on the next next event like that, um, then Definitely. yeah, we'll let you know. Definitely. Um, so Jay, you touched on the captain is dead. I've seen this come in to Village Geek. I haven't done. I've heard a little bit about it. What 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 is this all about? The the basis of what I know about it, which is still kind of limited on everything is that it is a pandemic meets Star Trek style game. So it's the captain, you're all on a ship, the captain's died, and you're basically the rest of the crew trying to pilot the ship. Was he killed by Tribbles? No clue. (laughs) Repair everything and get the ship back. So it plays up to seven people. Okay. Which is an interesting a number yeah. for a for a co-op style game, and you're just going through the different um, different places, kind of like a Battlestar Galactica, where you've got different locations you can go to. You've got to keep places repaired so you can fire off rockets or do different things. Or Dark Moon that nobody will play with me. It works out. I've never played Dark Moon, so... Oh, you've never played Dark Moon? It's uh, it's Battlestar Galactica Light. Yeah, it's Battlestar Galactica Light, except for they can't call... It was Battlestar Galactica... Was it the dice game or the card game? Something like that? There was a Battlestar Galactica Light game that was produced, and then they trashed it and made Dark Moon without the licensing. It's not officially, but that's the gist of it. Yeah, I think we got that at Gen Con in 2015, and yeah, I still haven't You've never played it? it. Oh, that's because... Most because nobody play. wants to play it. It's, it's an amazing I, game. I, I thought it was great. I I, I enjoyed it. I, it was a lot of fun. It's got the it's got the hidden trader and 
and all of those mechanisms. So uh, another game, not tabletop ga- day related, but uh, another game that we did recently play is Vikings Gone Wild. Yes, <sighs> it's yeah. a fun game. Really, really enjoyed Vikings Gone Wild. Deck building mm-hmm. aspect, but brings in like three different styles of game games, three different play styles. Or strategies into yeah. into a so deck like builder. Major strategies, yeah. You can yeah. Build it was it was a really interesting. You can build up your town and and kind of win and collect things that way. You could just try to murder other people and win and collect things that way. Those two things are those things are, are, are kind of like the the big the big point drivers there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it has a it has it has a kind of a splendor vibe um, to it. I think. Because you, you're, I am you, not. Well, you hold some great. No, so it's, you're, you're people build, can't you're see building, my face right now, but I am totally puzzled. No, it's it's it's, it's, it's you're building up. It's the, like splinter up as in there are square tiles. Yes. No, you're building up this engine that's producing these resources. Those resources are used to pay for other things. So as you go along, it's easier and easier to buy these things. I I got a I got a splinter vibe out of it. Um, I did not get a splendor vibe out of Vikings Gone Wild, but I can respect where you're coming from. Yeah, I think I think some of the mechanics lend itself towards a, a similar play style to a game like Splendor. I just like the different mechanics it kind of pulls in. It's got mm-hmm. the deck building, it's got the town building, mm-hmm. it's got resource management, the, the attacking to you know get points yeah. by knocking out other people's buildings, which from a game standpoint does nothing to that other person. Yeah, yeah. which I like. It I appreciate just, that. It mm-hmm. get, just gives you points. Yeah. Um, I was actually the first one to hit 25 when I think the three of us played uh-huh. and then Michelle kind of had to step out early so Paul and I finished it up. I hit the, the, the mark to end the game and then Paul ended up winning by a significant amount just because yeah. he had more more yeah. in-game points built up based yeah, off the cards I, he had. I, you know, the, you have your your bonus categories and mm-hmm. score at the end, and and I was I was I had my eye on those the whole game. I think Jay made a lot of smarter plays. Yeah, I just set myself up to get grinding. a lot more, you know, a lot more bonus points. So you know, I got the I got the the Piginator, whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, I got just one of those just. Just to just to have it, I don't think I ever played it, and, and that, that gave me that gave me like it. six points. <laughs> you know. So you know, we we've been playing a bunch of the games that came out at Origins. Um, with the good, I gotta say, comes the bad, and we played Moons. Oh, I did not enjoy. By the way, those are the games that came out at Gamma. Oh, Gamma. Or since Gamma. Yeah, since Gamma. Sorry. Origins is next month. Yeah, since Gamma, <laughs> and we played <laughs> Moons, which is a trick-taking game. Very distinct from Dark Moons. Yes. And this game is... It's a little trick-taking card game with a light theme thrown on it of, like, you're just collecting the the tricks instead of being hearts and clubs and spades are these mm-hmm. different planet moons from different planets. And, oh, it was so long. And, like, when I realized you have to play it a couple of times back and forth to complete the official game... I kind of just wanted to be done yeah, there, so but I was like, you know, let's, uh, let's give it a try. I did I, I, not I enjoy think, this I think game. we played something a little bit more like a half game of it, <laughs> but you, you, you have it figured out pretty quick. It's, uh, it's not going to change a whole lot. Um, if you're a trick-taking person, you'll probably enjoy this game. If you like trick-taking games, you, you might enjoy this game, but it is nothing more than a trick-taking game. There's no... I mean, it has those little cards that kind of try to do something there's, more. There's the little the little bonus... Asteroids kind of or whatever thing. it was. Yeah, the, there's kind of a bonus resource situation. I, I But that was not... I mean, it was so light. It, yeah. It, it would have been there or not. It wouldn't have made any difference. Um, I feel like to make that game more impactful, those cards needed to be more frequent and be, yeah, more impactful. Like... Do some terrible stuff, like wreck some stuff or whatever, or mm-hmm, give me lots mm-hmm. of points and make them worth more. Um, because this was basically, I mean, Paul and I were talking about it, and he put it best. It was basically like sitting there and playing out war. Like the cards yeah. are dealt, and you're just playing it out. It wasn't. It wasn't quite that bad, but you know, it was pretty close. Um, I I have a I have a really high bar for any trick taking game. Is if you are going to produce a trick taking game, and I'm going to buy this game. <laughs> With real money, 
it is just you're gonna buy it with fake money. I mean, if you want to play poker or bridge or anything else, like the most you should need to spend on that is fifty cents. So, like, if this game wants to charge me twenty dollars, it needs to bring something I can't get. Out of a standard deck of cards, and this doesn't. I think. I think if you're a trick-taking game fan, you're still better off waiting or getting custom heroes from Mm -hmm. AEG, Mm -hmm. which brings in the card crafting capability to trick-taking with some additional powers and some betting on it, and kind of melds all this into one game to where you're getting this Delta's hand of cards, but you also have these special powers that you can use yes. to modify these numbers. So by the end of the game, instead of having the four ones in the game, you may have eight ones in the game, and you're missing other numbers throughout that series now, and yeah. trying to keep track of that as the game goes on, things like that. But Now we're doing, doing something different. Yeah, yeah you're so, doing going a lot different that direction. But, but Moons is not that. Moons, yeah. Yeah, Moons is all about... Is all about you know your you have four suits. You're trying to play the hard the high card from the suit, and then occasionally the low card matters. Mm-hmm. Like we could have set that up with a standard deck of cards mm-hmm. and just kept points on a on a piece of paper, and it wouldn't have been far off. Yeah. I think the best and way too long for what it was. Sure, the, I think the the well because you're playing through the whole deck. It's yeah. not it's not like you get each get a hand. No. You're playing through the whole deck, um, which has some there's a strategy element to doing it that way, but. It, I think it would have been better with a quicker play, uh, but I, I think I think I think you said it best. You said that I think you mentioned that one of your favorite elements of the game was just that every every card. So these are these are these are the cards are moons of oh, yeah. like four major planets. Like the the ma- the planets are the suits, and then all the cards are moons that that orbit those suit those planets. Uh, so each each card has a little little science fact about the individual moon on the card. I was really excited about learning about the different moons. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that was a great feature. But I to be perfectly that. honest, I think we can go to any you know any uh, space heavy museum, uh, yeah, go through got, the gift shop, the and we can find. Yeah, we've got the cosmosphere yeah. right here. We can we so can just, learn about just, some moons. Just buy a deck of cards. It's all about <laughs> moons, and you get the same thing out of it without having this this kind of. A, a little bit bloated trick-taking game mm-hmm. on top of it. Yeah, I've got to say definitely pass on Moons. Um, there are there are much, much better trick-taking games already out on the market. And yeah, obviously we've got some good things coming up too. So yeah, I would stay, steer clear of that one. Um, we also played Veggie Garden. Yep. Which, do you want to talk more about that one, Jay? Um, I mean, we kind of talked about it previously on, a, on the oh, Gamma wrap-up. Did we? My bad. Um, that it, I mean, it's a stock manipulation, kind of market manipulation style game where you've got a garden full of veggies, and then you're picking veggies to try to build your hand of, of vegetables so that at the end of the game you have the most points based off of what is the most valuable vegetable in the garden. Um, so each each vegetable has a different value or a different set of values based off of what the what the values throughout the garden are, and then at the end of the game, you're, each person tallies up their points based off what what they're holding in their hand at the end. With this game, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot a lot lighter than I thought it was going to be. Um, it really does sit in that family weight. I feel like. Um, I, I think for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I wish there was a better scoring mechanism for the end of the game. I felt like it got kind of convoluted trying to figure out because there's basically these cross marks, and depending on where they were, you had to ta- figure out how much each veggie was worth. So it kind of gets a little convoluted trying to figure out, like, oh, wait, what, what we have potatoes, how much are those now? Like, it gets a little convoluted. I don't know how to fix that. I mean, but... It, if there's got to be something to, I feel like would need to be fixed, would be score that score sheets would fix it really easily. Yeah, something. Yeah, so, yeah. Score Mul- like, multipl- like multiplication tables. So you just uh, mark your numbers. You're and funny. You yep. can make your own little. He'll mul- be here all week, folks. Um, I know that'll help show out a lot. Yeah, let's you know, not, The let's, math is let's, is, let's, her, is her strong suit the, there. The math is not strong with this one. Um, but think think of Seven Wonders. It just has the score sheet that breaks mm-hmm. down little factions. Mm-hmm. Like, if something well, simple like that, that. Yeah, nice. something simple like that that they could have thrown in there that you could just go suit by suit and not have to go, like, okay, I've got 15 points in this, i got to remember that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to help my 11-year-old also. And so it's like, okay, wait, 
Hold on, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't know that in-game minutes. scoring is really the the bigger issue with that. It's that really you you need to tr- keep track of these numbers yes, through the whole game because they switch you constantly. You know where you're. I mean, yeah. maybe you know where you're most heavily invested, but there are situations where you can say, "I've got four potatoes, but." Uh, if I pick up this one cabbage right now, that might be better for me. Yeah. So knowing where everything sits and kind of keeping track of that is, is But I feel really like that's got to be kept on a player level because if we were sitting there just putting it out there. Right, right. We wouldn't want to do that for everybody. Yeah. That would be... Mm-hmm. Even though everyone can see it, you know... There is some th- sort of advantage of... strategy involved yeah. in do you take time to add up the points and potentially let people know that you <laughs> are shifting yeah. some strategy because everyone's watching what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're the person that, that picks yeah, they, up cabbage every single time, then people start to wonder what you've got going on and they can block that. Yeah. So you need to be able to adjust as the game plays. But that was a fun game. I would say it's definitely family weight. Um, it's a little bit heavy for, like, uh, you know, Juno's eight and so I would say it's oh, right around that. I wouldn't yeah. go much younger than that. Yeah, I mean, and I have, I have, I have fairly low tolerance for like kid game, kid games that are dumped down too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I felt like this was a good game. I definitely would play. Yeah, play this game with kids. You know, it's it's. Speaking it of, a lot of fun, there fun it, it brings the game. math in, which which helps out a lot. Too. Yeah. Kind of that math, that, and, that and recognizing that your yeah, you're yeah. changing prices, and by changing the prices, you're affecting your cards in your hand, and, and so else's. that makes the makes everything else different. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. You know, it's a game that has an educational component mm-hmm. that is good. Yeah. yeah, it has a good amount of strategy if you want to go full bore, really strategic. Yeah, if with you sat it. and played with all four, you know, gamers instead yeah. of the kids. Yeah. Um, speaking of fun kids games, I'll say kids in quotation marks because I think all the adults who played tonight had as much fun as the kids did. We played Ice Cool, which is a fun... The box on this game is so cool because it's the lid and then there's the box and it's, you know, it's a smaller box, but then you take all of these it's little... small. It, well, it's not, but it's not. It's not a big <laughs> hunky box. It's your standard, it's, your standard Milton Bradley size? Yeah, yeah, Monopoly size yeah. box. And so... And then you take the lid off, and the bottom of the box is part of the game, and then it's got all these littler boxes inside of it that you clip together to make this big, huge board. Like like Russian nesting doll style. Yeah, it was awesome. And so, and it's a fun little game. Um, It's kind of, reminds me like the Weeble Wobble people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got like, it's got little penguins that are like Weeble Wobble people, and it's a dex game. And basically what you do is you're trying, you put your little fish on these doorways, and you're trying to flick your penguins um, through the doorways to collect the fish. Well, there's three people that are trying to collect their fish. One person is trying to get the penguins in trouble because they are skipping class to go get these fish. Mm-hmm. So your, your hall monitor penguin. Yeah, yeah, your hall monitor penguin. So um, we were uh, we were playing this a lot of fun. We played two full games, um, and we played it with you know eight and eight, eleven, and then us old people. And we had a lot of fun with this game. I thought it was a blast. Especially, mm-hmm. I'm not a dex person. I usually don't really get into a dex game probably because I'm off let them but that usually just seem too camp like I don't campy or too niche like yeah, I mean, ah, it's a Jenga it's gonna fall yeah, down I mean, on you or it's you know. and at a certain point with especially games that involve like flicking as a, as a yeah. heavy element it gets to a certain point where it feels like well, we just got kids throwing things across the yeah, table. Yeah, and now. this you don't have because it's got those nice side walls. Like, we didn't have yeah. any pieces running yeah. off. There wasn't even a thread of that, really. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and you really put the way the pieces are set up and you're trying to basically, use, like, put them through a little doorway. So it, flicking them hard normally what was worse for you than trying yeah. to, like... Yeah, I mean... There, there's there's special rules to handle like if you're if you're jumping your pieces across the board. I think we don't, there was only one jump in in the games we played, and and so it's not really something that's terribly easy to do. I guess if you tried real hard, you could make it. You could make it. You could get it up in the air, but uh, but the way it's weighted, the way uh-huh. the way those pieces kind of work, it's pretty hard to get them off the ground. They mostly just slide around, and that's yeah. your best move. Is if you can get a good slide on it, get it get it to roll through some doorways. 
or a couple. Yeah. If you were Kyrie. Yeah. Um, so we've got we've got you basically go through the doors. You'll get points for going through them, and they've got a kind of a fun little mechanic for some of the point cards. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed Ice Cool. I thought it was a fun game. Obviously, it's a game that would work for you know probably any age range, mm-hmm. um, outside of just somebody who's going to take the penguin and put it in their mouth. Um, yeah. And yeah. Jay. <laughs> it's a good Dex game without all the rampage. Yes. Oh, without all the setup of rampage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without, the ra- without all the rampage of rampage. Yes. Yes. And yeah, like I said, it's it was enough game to not bore, not be oh, it's just flicking things around a board. It has enough little bit of strategy to it, especially with the hall monitor running around. And so if the hall monitor piece, if they hit you with their piece, or if you flung yourself into them by accident, didn't matter, they collected your card. It did not put you out of the game, which was nice, too, so you don't have any kids with, like, hurt feelers because no now they're done. elimination. Yeah, yeah that. so yeah, that was kind of nice. to keep going. And even yeah. Yeah, that becomes a strategy at a certain point. Is yeah. if, that, if that other player, that hall monitor, is getting in your way... Maybe you just sacrifice those points so that you can be free to go about your business from yeah. there on out. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um, one of the things we wanted to cover tonight, which has so always seems to be this struggle this time of year, is board game burnout. Um, you know, we're, we're past Gamma. We're not quite to, ga- to Gen Con. We've got a couple, you know, couple releases coming out in the next few months. But all the big ones... Are waiting for Gen Con, or they're going to release yeah. a Gen Con. There's a couple of origins next yeah, there's month, a couple of but origins. for the most part, everything's kind of and, in that Gen you know, Con stall. I think there's also something to be said about, like, you know, we're in Kansas, so obviously it'll blizzard tomorrow if I say something. But I think there's something to be said about board game burnout this time of year, because it's the time that the weather's yeah. starting to get nice. We've yeah. sat inside all winter long and played games, because mm-hmm. that's all we can really do. Right. Yeah. Um, especially with some of the weather we've had. And I just feel like, man, this time of year is rough. Like, I find myself, like, it takes work to sit down and play a board game some days where I'm like, man, I got this new board game, I really want to try it out. But it's like, uh, I can just play Zelda Breath of the Wild and lay in bed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think you also have the, the, uh, the end of the school year for, for a lot of, a lot lot of kids. So... You know that that starts the the summer season of family vacations and getting outside and doing mm-hmm. doing outdoor fresh air sorts of things. <laughs> and so you know, so those uh, those of us with that? Do, do activities, not yeah, you know, those of us that are that are not uh, you know not particularly going to partake in these things. You know, we're stuck. We're, we're stuck waiting for what's what's the next what's the next game to come out. I think it's it's more a you know a marketing thing. Like, like nobody. Nobody's really trying to release new products in January because everyone spent all their money in, in December. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. It's, yeah. it's the market. Well, at is, this isn't, point, isn't if, you're trying, if you're trying to release a game now, you might as well wait to Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might as well just build up your inventory and yeah. wait for Gen Con. Yeah, because pe- people will buy a sack of garbage at Gen Con just because it's exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, anyone that makes ga- the game sack of garbage, yes, I will give you money. Uh, I mean, you did buy deck building. The, the deck, deck building, building game. I, I bought deck building the deck building game. I bought trick taking <laughs> the trick taking game. What was the other one? I bought time uh, management. The time, time management. The time management game. So you need time sack of garbage. The sack of garbage game. <laughs> time management. The time management game might be the best of the three. Well, that says something. Uh, yeah. So that says yeah, something. It is what it is. I, I, I'm never going to forgive deck building the deck building game for its its incorrect rules. You know, they gave a they gave a scoring example and they were wrong. Yeah, that is true. And, and, and it never, I never got satisfaction on that. The internet the internet could not correct it for me. <laughs> so, you need garbage collection, the garbage collecting game. You know, I like it, um, but but that also that also is because. I work in an industry where garbage collection means something fairly specific, uh, so so I think I think it would appeal to me. On this a is family level. friendly, Paul. I'm super confused, seeing how you're an IT person. I'm a little right. confused as to what garbage. Clearly, I'm not the IT so, person in the room because I, I mean, didn't think that worked anything with we, garbage. We can definitely get into that. That's a, <laughs> That's, that's, a, a, that's, that's, a, a, that's a long, boring conversation that we can have, but I'm not really... It's called garbage in, garbage out. Oh, okay, okay. It's, oh, that's one of you? Okay. Uh, that's, that's, so, that's, a, that's another thing. Okay. We just, 
talking about all the ways that people that built your computer talk about how much garbage there is there. Okay. <laughs> I, anyway. That's a different podcast. Yeah, that, that's, that's my other podcast where I talk about garbage. Anyway. Called the Garbage Cat. Yeah, no, I, I'm... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for the right kind of gimmicky game. No, it, it helps when you make I it hate gimmicks. when you make it small and I want cheap. A game. If you're if you're building your game on a gimmick, small and cheap, we'll have a conversation. You know, if, if it's you just like cheap games. I mean, let, let's just be honest here. I, Paul's a value yeah. shopper. I, yeah, I mean, he is a value shopper. Next game, value shopping, value shopping. <laughs> I pay I pay full price of ten dollars for Love Letter, and you can't tell me I didn't get a fifty dollars game's worth of value out of that. Like that that was a good choice. That was a good purchase. Out of how many? Out of how many what? Uh, how how many, many bad games that you've bought? Because you've bought some bad games. I've bought some bad games that were very expensive. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I've bought some good games that were very expensive that I haven't ever played. Yep. So we talked about that last time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm not. I mean, you know, it, and that's. I already said it. My goal for Gen Con, more than anything else, is to find some piece of trash that somebody made in Don't their, do, in their no, garage. No, literally, last time we had somebody pitch us. A garbage game. Not like... No, it was a game about garbage. No, no, so don't say that. By, by the way, that, that's an actual game I on know. the market now. I know. It's called Trash... It's, it's about stacking trash, trash on a trash can. It's, it's Trash Can Jenga. Trash like, can yeah. Jenga. Yeah. Yeah. I, I invented that when I was you 18. Need to, you need to call him up and get your two dollars. I need to get... Uh, how much... I don't know. How much would... How, what's the right number... For living such a terrible lifestyle that I have to invent trash can Jenga, like, like how, wh- how do you price royalties on that? <laughs> so uh, just be careful what you wish for when you're looking for games at Gen Con because you will find people that will pitch you whatever you need to find in a board game. Like some of them were rough, some of them were rough. Well, and I'm 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 really just excited for an opportunity to see an indie game that isn't. Uh, that isn't another variant of I made Magic the Gathering, but there's a board that you can move people around on. Yeah, like, I, 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 I get it. It's I, like I, Magic, I understand that appeal, but golf. But there's like, too there's too many of them, and you can't you you can't do Magic better than better than Magic. It's no, and it's, it's not been, it's not an arena that that you should approach. And it's been done. Like right. you're not shocking anybody. It's not like you're like ooh getting one yeah. over on the board game community because. Most, I would say, probably 90% of the board gamers that I've met or I know, we all played Magic. Mm-hmm. Like, our roots are in Magic. We've played it. Well, and I mean, so, you're not pulling in, you're not pulling the wool yeah, over anybody's I, eyes. I, I know how this works. <laughs> so, please do I, not take Magic. I was there magic. before they had a symbol for tap. I know, I know how this works. I didn't know Mana Burn wasn't a thing anymore. I had to learn that when I first started Village Geek. I'm yeah. like, wow, that's not even a this, thing anymore. Just, it didn't work. I got rid of it. Right? Know. But um, just just know that if you're looking at your game and you're like, man, this feels like magic, but yeah, I've added in this thing with, with squirrels. Like, no, no. If it's if you're sitting yourself and say this kind of feels like magic, you need to go back to the drawing board. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can you can freely borrow elements from magic, and I think a lot of games. No, do. you cannot. You cannot say tap. In we, fact, we, I'm pretty you sure can't, you can't we have call way it the money. <laughs> There's, Pretty there, sure there's, we owe the money at this point. There, there's a dozen games we've mentioned already where that mechanism is used without action. Yes, but you cannot, you cannot call it tap. Sure, you can't call it that. But you, you exhaust you, you it. Can, you can you can use you can use those mechanisms, and I think there's room there's room to do that and still be original mm-hmm. and interesting. Like I've I've tried I've tried too many of these games, mm-hmm. and it just got the sense that you know this this would be better if. If Wizards of the Coast would just take a hold of it and yeah, turn and just, it into magic. and just put a magic. Well, I mean, like, well, where, there's, where's, something... there's a magic expansion somewhere in five years from now where they're introducing a board and pieces mm. to move around it, and then yeah. and there's something to be said yeah. for like some of the games they've done that with. So like uh, Planeswalkers, which is HeroScape, that the mad that they oh, gave yeah, to Wizards the, the magic the Magic the Gathering HeroScape yeah yeah and so it was HeroScape and yeah HeroScape was kind of a big deal and had a lot of love and then they kind of trashed it and nobody nobody saw anything out of HeroScape forever and then Wizards of the Coast did Magic the Gathering Planeswalker game and it was mm. HeroScape with magic and so like you the know, Heroes and then they didn't support it which blew my mind 
Because that game got a lot of love, and people who had all their HeroScape mm-hmm. stuff were really excited because it's like, oh, I can bust yeah, all this out of the garage. Yeah. yeah, I can get all this stuff out of the garage or out of that closet. Click. Still is. I mean, there's still a lot of oh, HeroScape yeah. players out there. And so I think I knew a lot of people that were really excited about this, especially with Wizards of the Coast taking it over. Because could you imagine the possibilities there, like oh, yeah. for factions yeah. and all of that. That they could, they could do some but, really and incredible they did, things. Like one small expansion for it, and I've crickets about it. Yeah. And so that's sad. But anyway, with board game burnout, I feel like this is just the time of year it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find myself, you know, kind of drifting into other things, simpler things. Um, you know, video games are real, and I've been struggling with that. I haven't found a new addiction to Pokemon, the card game. So I've been playing a lot of that. But I feel like it's... it's I don't want to say it's lack of games, because... Paul was pointing out on Reddit, like, you can find a list of what games to buy yeah. today, not yeah. just this week or this month. Daily recommendations, if you're that person that needs to get a new game every day. Yeah, so, you can, you can I don't think it's Well, we games. have games that we haven't played yet. Yeah. I mean, we still have a lot of games. No, not no. a lot. But we still have a few games that we haven't played yet. And so, it's just one of those where it's not even just the lack of games, it's... Mm-hmm. Getting well, people together yes. and, and wanting to, to or wanting to go out and play games with other people instead of kind of doing your own thing or playing a video game. And you you have to compete with the the kind of spring and summer season of mm-hmm. of activities. Like yeah. you might be sitting down one day thinking, I would really love to play a game right now, but no, I can't because I got to go to this dude's wedding. Yeah. It's terrible. So just well, throw, throw or, just or throw you might off. miss a monthly game day at your local game store because they schedule it on the same day as your wedding, which, I mean, how inconsiderate is that of your local game store right? to schedule a game day on the same day as your wedding? We're looking at you, Jed. We're looking at you. So Maybe in the future we just, you know, you can have four weekends a month, one of them you're allowed to do weddings on, one of them you're allowed to do your game days and your special events on. You know, so that we can all have fun. Well, or Jay could have just let us bring games to the wedding. That would have been nice. You know, I don't think it would have interrupted anything. I think it would have fit pretty well. Cash and guns at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were... We, we were, can't do it at a wedding where can you do it? Right. We were going to play Mario Kart at the wedding. I, <laughs> I thought that was fine. So, but yeah, no, I think I think this is just kind of the time for board mm-hmm. game burnout. And it, I think, too, it's the anticipation. I mean, there's so much that... It's, it's on its way, it's coming out, and so it's like, you know, at some part you're like, well, when that comes out, I'll be on. I'll be sucked into that. Yeah. So I think there's some part of me that knows, like, at Gen Con, I will fall right back into the hole. So I might as well kind of come out for a little bit and just... And yeah. also, yeah, like, I mean, we're parents, and we're you know married, and we're old people, and so we have other life obligations, which we've talked about how yeah. that gets in the way of board gaming. Well, and it, it's finding a game that has enough hype that you want to get right now, that you want to sit down and play, yeah. that's coming out, that you really want to play, that's not a Gen Con release. You know, this kind of downtime, though, it, it does really present a great opportunity. If you're, if you're going to, once that season picks up again, start picking up a lot of new games... Now's the perfect time to start pulling out some of those old games. Yes. Let them, let them hit the table and see if, see if they're not being played because they're not any good or they're not being played because, you know, they just don't, they don't, don't get, hold don't up get now. a chance. You know? Well, yeah, I've got games that I feel that way about that we bought them because, like, oh, this game is amazing and I love it. But it's like three years later they came out with kind of the better mousetrap. And so it's like, yeah. well, that game, like, I could play Manchi Koro, but I will play... Valeria, because mm-hmm. it's Manchi Koro, but better. No offense to Manchi Koro lovers, but in my opinion... Yeah, Manchi is an okay game, but yeah. there's so many ways that it plays, and once you've seen them all... Yeah. And so, and I think I think you're right, it is a good t- Spring cleaning for your board yeah. game, essentially. Yeah. Like, it's time to really look at your yeah. collection and do really some get calling. Get out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, do some calling and decide what's Don't worth breathe. keeping. Find the games of shame so that you can give them away to whoever wants a good game. Work out some back That's alley our deal. To trade your shame mm-hmm. game for a better one. Our culling of our collection is yep. a way for somebody to want a good game, and then we make them take games of shame as yep. well. It's a, that it's are, a you know, shame because we don't play them. It's shame because they're terrible they're, games. Because they're not good. Nobody wants to play them. So We don't miss our copy of Lord of the Fries we gave, gave away. That's not... I miss it a little bit. No, you don't miss it. I feel it. like we didn't get a chance to play every menu. 
No, it's that, true, it's, we didn't. We, I don't know that we cracked the plastic on that game. No, we played it, though, at oh, We didn't play yeah, that, we didn't play we didn't play that copy. Of it. We played someone else's copy. <laughs> and then we won. we won. It was Jay's fault, I think. Jay won uh, that yeah, copy. Yeah. I mean, and so, I'm really going to have to stop stop putting myself in a situation where I can win games because there's always two or three games that are just amazing and I would love to have and then I get the other one. I get a I get a Mr. Game. <laughs> oh yeah, you did get Mr. Game. You did yeah, get Mr. Game. Yeah, yeah, you know, a, it's a good game if you're the drunk first with a party. Time. Oh, it could be a drinking game. Yeah, yeah. a good drinking yeah. game. It's a, yeah. Every time yeah, a rule could, changes you make drink. It work. I mean that basically every turn, right? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't you quite know, like that. It, it alcohol is, it poisoning is, game. I mean, it's, it, it's it kind is of alcohol poisoning. Alcohol poisoning yeah. game. <laughs> it is pretty close to a board game version of Flux. <laughs> alcohol not included. Yes. Oh yeah. No, that, that's expensive. Which uh, I might have to reverse some of my opinions on Flux, given some of what I've heard about Math Flux. I'm really excited about Math Flux. In fact, I'm going to pick it up is for. I'm going to pick it up for our family. Um, from what I know about Math Flux, so if you're familiar with Flux, Flux has no rules, no ways to win. The rules are to draw one card, play one card. And through the course of the game, somebody will play, have a goal that you can play. And so, like, depending on the theme of the Flux, which you can find a Flux theme for whatever you're interested in, from Monty Python to Zombies to Wizard of Oz to whatever. And so... You're trying. Then somebody else set out a goal, and the goal would be to like have a gas can and a baseball bat, so you can run out of town and kill some zombies. Um, so then you're trying to collect those items to get that goal. Mm-hmm. With math flux, and, and flux is uh, lots of people love flux. It's a really good base game. I, I'm not gonna hit on flux. Um, it's like saying lots of people love Munchkin. Yeah. Yeah. It's we really don't. Good- but lots of people. Yeah, lots of people do, and there's no. And I, I, I see the charm in it. I've, I've enjoyed playing yeah. some of it, and sure. I've, yeah, I see the charm in the game. Um, however, Math Flux is really interesting because once again, I'm, I like an educational game, especially something I can sit down with my 11 year old and she can have fun and accidentally learn things. And mm-hmm. so, um, Math Flux has it's all numbers. And so you're doing the whole draw one, play one. But the goal card it will be a number, 42. So you have to come up with a way, with the numbers that you're getting, to come up with the number 42. And it can be anything from using like a, a, a long equation that involves multiplication and division and the square or root you can have of... Like a, like a 4 and a 2, I guess, yeah. and, and make a 42, or you can do yeah. you know, whatever, whatever mathematics you need to get the numbers you have into that, that goal, yeah. which is very different from your, your traditional flux. Most of the variants that I've seen... It's when you play a goal, the goal is you need to have this card and this card. Yeah. So all you're really doing is trying to collect the the pair the right pair of cards at the right time mm-hmm. or have those cards shift. and play the goal yourself and then you instantly win. Yeah. Uh, Math Flux, it seems like it gives you, you can play the goal, but that doesn't mean you have to have this specific pair of cards. It means you have a variety of ways to get there. So it's a lot, a, a lot more strategic. You just have to be able to figure out the math equation to go there. And yeah. so I'm, I'm really excited about that. I, I think it'll yeah. be a fun game. And yeah, I'm with you. I might have to think think twice about getting another Flux game mm-hmm. because I promised I wouldn't. But this one I think is definitely worth looking at. Definitely, yeah. Um, I will probably pass on the new Flux game, Stoner Flux. That does not look very good. I am sorry, Looney Labs. Uh, is just, not our clientele. Just, just just pictures of food, and you just there's no rules. You just play the cards and enjoy that. Laugh. <laughs> Before somebody falls asleep. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there, there's a different types of kush. I don't. I don't know. Know. <laughs> there, there's a there's a whole a whole a whole world of, of of potential in games that are geared entirely towards people that are that are under the influence of, of some Whatever. substance. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a whole other those, thing. Those, those games, I think, are I think are fine, but they're you know it's difficult to thread that needle. It's, it still needs to be enough of a game. Without being, you know, just too much to too much to handle for the situation. The yeah. Situation. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty much all we got for there tonight. Yeah. Um, but it's been interesting being in the same room together. So I'm yeah. hoping that you guys we, we, that we might do it this way again sometime. We might. 
Yeah. You know, then we're for sure looking at lo- we're for sure looking at doing this format for kind of on the go situations. Um, once again, we'll be at Gen Con this year. Uh, we will also be at Tsunami Con uh, in Wichita, Kansas, in October. Um, they've got a Facebook page and a Kickstarter out right now, so you might want to check out Tsunami Con. Um, and then Gen Con will be at, and maybe a couple other small things here and there, which we'll let you know as those come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, little, another little little piece of, of kind of local news. If if you're in the, the Wichita area, there's a, there's a gamer's bar called Headshots, and they are, um, they are officially closing this coming week or the next week. And then after that, they'll be moving to their new location. Uh, and from, from rumors that I hear, it's going to be a little bit more tabletop friendly, although they have been, uh, they have been somewhat tabletop friendly to begin with anyway. Uh, it's, you know, it's the kind of place where if you, if you live in that area and you feel like you want to have a drink while you're playing your game, that's, yeah. that's a good space to do it in. Yeah, that, that's... Need more tabletop friendly places mm-hmm. to drink. I mean, I think I think or hang out. After your hours. your average your average bar is going to mm-hmm. be going to be fairly okay with the idea of, of you bringing in some games to play. But uh, you're your, your average bar crowd, yeah, the, the is tables not aren't great to for it usually. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're and they're small. All it takes is the one guy not paying attention yeah. to yeah, dump one, your whole table full mm, of yeah. alcohol and game. Yeah. So yeah. So. But, but that that but that's a thing going on in this area. Awesome. Um, awesome. I think that's about. I think that's about it. That's so, about all we've got for um, so yeah, we are working really hard to go to a bi-weekly uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. So we've had like so sorry for the lack in podcast. We'll blame that on Jay. And it was uh, entirely his fault. It was entirely his fault. <laughs> Stupid weddings. <laughs> and uh, he made a lot of money for us to not broadcast that week. Right. And uh, so. Um, yeah, so hopefully we'll talk to you not next week, but the week after. And uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook and Twitter and send your questions, comments, concerns there. Um, and uh, you can always shoot us an email or message through that venue. So if you need, and I think that's, that's pretty much it. And we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for joining us this month as we explore the world of board games. Please look us up on Facebook or Twitter at Breaking the Dice and give us your thoughts and feedback.